Welcome to the third season of the Florida Institute for Child Welfare podcast. I am Jessica Price, your host. In this season, we're exploring perspectives on the Family First Prevention and Services Act. We are talking with child welfare leaders and community advocates about how Family First will impact our state. Let's get started. Thank you for being with us today, Michelle and Dr. Yellick. I wanted to first ask you both what got you involved in this type of work. Yes, thank you, Dr. Price. I got into this work, I think probably when I decided to go into my undergrad, I had an inclination that research would be the best option for me to really start answering the questions I had about why people develop differently, why outcomes look different. And it was really around children. I was very interested in this understanding about why certain children and families have different outcomes. You know, why one child will succeed while another maybe has some difficulties. And so that really is why I got involved in research. And it took me so long, uh, 12 years or something like this, to get to the point I am now. But all throughout it, I've been interested in understanding the outcomes related to children. So it was a natural fit for me, I think, to get involved in child welfare research because these are our most vulnerable children. And I've developed um, over the course of my dissertation studies and my work as a postdoctoral research fellow with the Florida Institute for Child Welfare, I've developed this, this nuance of understanding how families really impact their children and really maybe how children impact their families. So really kind of this broad perspective of child well-being that includes family well-being as well. So I really think that it all kind of just fits together and kinship caregivers and, and understanding how kinship families, what, what some, one of, one of the factors for kinship care families that may help them succeed or may cause some problems with these families to maintain that is just kind of fits really nicely with my overall research agenda and looking at child outcomes and how families kind of contribute to the success of those outcomes. You're welcome to go ahead and tell us how you got involved in the Kinship Navigator work, Michelle. Okay. So I started out in child welfare back in 1998. I worked with the Department of Children and Families for 10 years as a child abuse investigator. So I dealt with the the doom and gloom side, as I like to call it. I was the one that was knocking on doors and seeing what was going on and removing children and having to separate siblings and place children in foster care and place children with relatives. Um, And then after 10 years, I was able to move on to Kid Central, which is where I'm currently employed at. And I started out there in the quality management department as a senior quality management specialist for about a year and a half doing file reviews and seeing different things. And through the process of working with Kid Central or with DCF, it was evident that there, I felt that there were things that probably could have been done differently, maybe you have done better. So then I was approached to be able to apply for the kinship supervisor position. The role was still new. Uh, the program was still fairly new, and it needed to be taken to the next level at that point in time. So I um, became the kinship supervisor, and we started providing more intensive case management services. At first, it was kind of just re- referral sources. Um, we did support groups in the beginning, but then we started doing actual case management, going into caregivers' homes, relative caregivers' homes, sitting down with them, trying to find out exactly what's going on with them. 
So I've been working with Kinship since 2009. So it's been 11 years now. I was the Kinship supervisor and I'm the director over prevention services, which Kinship is one of those programs. So we keep trying to elevate that program. We work with Western Michigan on curriculum. This is my warm and fuzzy is what I had kind of said that you get to see the other side of it. You get to see the side where you're making a difference. Um, you're seeing children being with caregivers. You see the side of it where you have caregivers that are struggling and trying to figure out how to help them the best way possible because they don't know where to turn. They don't know where to go. So it's all about helping individuals and that's just my niche of where I want to be. Great. Thank you so much. And I'm excited to dive into Kinship Navigator programs. We know that Family First, this this new piece of legislation is really trying to prevent children from going into traditional foster care. And our institute has been working diligently with trying to really create an evidence base around Kinship Navigator programs. So, Michelle, I'd, I'd love for you to kind of tell us about your Kinship Navigator program at Kids Central. Okay, so we currently have three case managers. We cover five counties. We have a supervisor. We have a kinship navigator actual position. And then we have a new position that's starting. She's going to be our peer mentor slash kinship navigator. So we do cover five counties. And so we are broken down between Marion, Citrus, Sumter, Hernando, and Lake County. So we have one case manager that covers Marion County because that is our busiest county. And then the other two, one carries Sumter in Lake and the other one carries Hernando and Citrus. So the idea is generally we try to help those relatives that are not involved with the formal child welfare system. So all of a sudden mom has to go to prison or mom has to go to rehab. Um, unfortunately, we've seen it where both parents have passed away due to a drug overdose. We've had scenarios where mom and dad have dropped the kids off for the summer and have never come back. So these relatives are now having children in their home and they don't know what to do. Parenting has changed tremendously in the last 20 years. It's changed a lot in the last 30 years. So it's very challenging to now have a three and five-year-old in your house or a six and seven-year-old and you don't even know how to enroll them into school. Or you get them to the school and the school says, I'm sorry, you don't have custody paperwork. We're not going to allow you to enroll them. Oh, yes, you are. You have to because you cannot deny a child's right to an education. So caregivers just become at a loss. They don't know how to apply for Access Florida benefits. If they're under five, they don't know what WIC even stands for. They don't even know that you can go to the health department to do that. So we go in and we sit down with them. We have an assessment that we go over with them. Everything is based on protective factors. We're looking at strengths of the family, what's going on. And we do the assessment and then we also create a service plan for them. So we want to know what it is that we can do to help them and the service plan kind of guides us. This is the foundation so that we can keep these children long-term in these placements. Obviously the non-dependency cases are the ones that we're really focusing on because we wanna make sure that those placements are strong enough and supported enough so they don't end up coming into the formal child welfare system. So we also do deal with those dependency cases. So a case manager may say, hey, I've got a grandmother who's struggling. Can you help? And we can. They still are the primary. We just become a secondary. And we can still go out and offer support. We have support groups that run for eight weeks. Our curriculum is through Western Michigan University. We have a partnership with them. So we have an actual specific curriculum that we follow that, again, helps these caregivers understand their new role as they're now in this position. 
We have resources at our office, at our Kids Central location. We actually have what we call a little resource center. So we have items such as clothing, household items, diapers, hygiene items, sheets, blankets. So when grandma all of a sudden does have three little ones at her doorstep and she doesn't have enough towels or enough dishes or enough laundry soap, we're able to help meet that need. Because again, if we can eliminate some stressors, that may help break down some barriers and then we can help keep this foundation and keep this placement moving forward. So we do a lot. There's a lot of different things and a lot of different components, but the case management piece and the curriculum piece are the two biggest pieces that we have. So we're not just referral and resource of calling us up and saying, hey, we can connect you with 211. We may connect you with 211, but we're going to sit down with you and follow up to find out, did that work? Did that solve the issue? Because if it didn't, then let's figure out what else. The other unique thing that we have is we have a contracted attorney. So once caregivers have gone through these support groups, if they're needing custody or maybe a will or adoption, we might be able to help with that as long as it's not something that's going to be contested. Meaning if mom and dad are going to fight it, we can't get involved just because we don't have the resources for that. But there's a lot of parents out there that will be willing to sign custody paperwork. We've had some that are willing to sign adoption because they know they are unable to do it and it's their mom and their dad that are caring for the child and they're okay with that. We also assist with powers of attorney because sometimes it's just needing that power of attorney, which helps the caregiver get the enrolled in school, gets in their medical, may help them at the health department with WIC. So it's those different kinds of things, but it's a pretty overall comprehensive package that we do at Kid Central. Wow, it certainly sounds that way. And I know that we're trying to do evaluation work to really elevate the effectiveness of everything you just said. So can you give us also an idea of how you all have been preparing for the evaluation? So yes, so we have a grant currently and that's how I've been working um, with Dr. Yellick. She's been doing the evaluation piece on that. So looking at the actual components, um, we're the experts on I don't want to say experts, but we are the ones that know how to do what we're doing. Um, and we're hoping it's in the right direction. So we're always looking at a continuous improvement model. How can we make things better? What barriers do we have? Because if there's any barriers, we put it on ourselves. So how do we overcome those barriers? Um, you know, this has been a long process. We're COA certified. So through the Council on Accreditation, our program is actually certified through them. Um, our agency is as well, but so is our individual program. We have policies and procedures in place. Our assessments, Western Michigan has helped us with those assessments. We do surveys of clients so that we know that we're meeting their needs and if there's something that's missing. We do a peer review process within our own department and also within Kids Central to make sure that we're hitting everything, make sure that we're making our home visits on time, make sure that we're seeing kids, that we're helping caregivers, making sure that we're meeting those different marks. Um, and in this, the process through the grant, we also created a caregiver handbook, um, which is about 40 some odd pages. And the caregiver handbook, it has information in there on appropriate screen time, uh, information about safe sleep, about water safety, because a lot of people don't know the different hazards that they're in their own home, especially again, if grandma hasn't parented in 30 years, things have changed. I remember, my mother, my daughter's 23. My mother was so mad at me that we had to put her in a car seat 
because when I was born, we didn't, they didn't do car seats. My mom's like, you just were on the floorboard in a little carrier. Um, so if you have those kind of carriers that don't understand that, so we have in there about car seat safety. We have all the different milestones so that they know exactly where the child should be at during what age time. We have important phone numbers in there. So we kind of put a, a little manual together for them so that this was at their touch and at their hands at all times. So we were able to do that through the grant process. So just really in trying to make sure that we are following the fidelity of our model to a T so that every county is doing the exact same thing. And the biggest thing that we also do is we look at recidivism rates. So at six months in a year, we look to see, did those children come into foster care or did they change a placement if it was a dependency case? And we have roughly over the last 10 years, a 98% success rate of keeping those children from coming into the formal child welfare system or from their placement changing. So that's one of the biggest things that we do. We do look at that as well. Wow, that recidivism piece is so important. So I'm really glad you added that in. So of course, this podcast has a lot of purposes. One of them is, of course, to elevate your program, but also to help those that are also trying to replicate this program and get ready for evaluation to also prepare for the implementation of Family First. So I also wanted to give you the opportunity to tell those that are listening if they would like to replicate your program, what would be kind of the first steps or a key takeaway that they can start to build their their programs where they are? That's a really great question. The biggest thing I is is you have to have the appropriate people in the appropriate place in order to provide those services is really what it comes down to being. You have to have individuals that understand where these caregivers are coming from. A little story back when I worked for DCF, and I, I, I'm big enough to admit it, I did a huge disservice to relative caregivers back when I was the DCF investigator. Because if I removed children and I placed them at grandma and grandpa, I was like, it's grandma and grandpa, they know what to do. Um, or it's an aunt and uncle. It's the aunt and uncle, they know what to do. Come to find out they don't. They're at a loss. Um, and I think that that's part of where the breakdown is in the child welfare system. We rely heavily on caregivers but they don't have any formalized training like we give to foster parents. And so they really don't know what to do. And we kind of just leave them. And then we wonder why the placement fails. It's because we didn't support them the right way. So I really believe that the first thing is, is that there has to be leadership has to have the passion for it. And leadership has to understand exactly why and the importance of it and putting the right people in those places that help them understand that that's what's needed. And you have to have people that are willing to do support groups because it's the case managers that are running the support groups because they create that connection. So if I have my my worker that is going out to Lake County and is making these home visits and seeing all these people, she's also the same one that's facilitating that support group because there's a bond, there's a connection there because they're revealing some pretty touching things in support group because we hit on a lot of different things. So there's things that are sometimes shared and they have to be able to feel comfortable enough to share that. So you really have to have the right people in place and you have to have the leadership supporting that program because there's a lot of different things that we do. We help assist families at Christmas. So I really think that's the biggest thing is that you have to have the the, the passion to do it and you have to have the right people in the right place that are willing to spend the time with these caregivers because they don't know what they're doing. Again, we think they do. We think grandma knows how to care for the child and she does. Grandma knows exactly how to care for the child for the day, for the weekend, but not for the next five years. Absolutely. 
So I know that we just completed a planning project with you. Our institute worked alongside you to really prepare for an evaluation. So I just wanted to kind of hear how that was for you. What did you expect as a part of that process and how did it go? Um, I think it went really well. Um, Working with Dr. Yellick has been a pleasure. Very easy to talk to. Good communication back and forth. Got some nice feedback from the evaluation that was completed. We are always looking for and always open to hearing what is it that we can do that that would make us better. We want to be able to provide the best service. We want to be the lead agency that is providing this kinship care service for caregivers. And if it, so be it, if it can be replicated in other areas, that would be amazing because we believe in what we do. We believe that what we do does make a difference. So it was a really nice, easy process. Um, You know, did get some takeaways of different things that we need to work on, like our website has to have a little bit more information up front for kinship. So we're working on getting that accomplished, working on the, we did the logic model, we did the theory of change. So some different things that we were able to complete. We did a, a kinship manual to be able to provide to other areas in case they would like to replicate the services. So it was a good experience and it was work, but never afraid of, to do work, especially when it's gonna give us a better outcome. Absolutely. I really appreciate your reflections on the process because I know a lot of other agencies are going to be undergoing the same process, trying to put things in order and organize and figure out to prepare for an evaluation. So stand by, Michelle. We certainly will probably hear from you a little later, but now we're going to bring Dr. Yellick into the conversation. Dr. Yellick, can you talk about your role, how it was related to the Kinship Navigator program at Kids Central? Yes, thank you. So my role was really as the research lead for the planning phase of the evaluation. So working with a research assistant and the Department of Children and Families and the Kids Central leadership, Michelle and and her leadership team, um, we really came together to develop an evaluation plan based on the current functioning of the Kinship Navigator program at Kids Central. And I hear that you, you know, had a lot of collaboration with DCF and leadership. Like how important was it to connect with the leadership and kind of get that buy-in? The the collaboration with the Kids Central leadership was critical to the success of the evaluation plan. We really felt that the leadership at Kid Central has that historical knowledge. Michelle talked a little bit about this. You know, they're the experts as it relates to their kinship navigator program, as it relates to kinship caregivers and what their families need. They are critical when we're trying to dis- determine what our best approach is for the evaluation plan so that we can c- correctly capture the program. Additionally, this leadership, Michelle and David, were able to kind of give us buy-in with staff and also the kinship caregivers. So one of the pieces that we worked on for the planning phase was we wanted to talk to the staff that Michelle had mentioned, the kinship caregiver case managers, and we also wanted to talk to the kinship caregivers themselves. And in order to do that effectively, we needed buy-in from leadership. And so Michelle was actually able to kind of give us those connections and get us connected with those individuals, which was really helpful 
and us garnering the perspectives and understandings from those staff and participants. As the research team, we are really an outside entity that's coming in, which is to be expected in order to maintain the integrity of an evaluation. But having a strong collaboration with leadership will help us establish an initial connection, which will give us credibility among the intended participants. We are so thankful for Michelle and David's support throughout this process. And I know we leveraged Michelle quite frequently throughout that planning phase. Great. Thank you so much. I really wanted to spend some time on that piece because some people feel that, you know, this is not a leadership project or leadership will delegate, but it sounds like it will be important to have that that first stop to be with the leadership as they continue to let people know who are going to be involved, how important this evaluation phase is. So one of my next questions is going to be about the design. People are listening in, trying to figure out how do we design an evaluation? So can you take us through kind of the steps that you and your team took to design the evaluation for Kids Central? Absolutely. So again, I'm going to, I'm going to hark on this idea that leadership is critical. We had the research team had biweekly meetings with Michelle throughout the planning phase. Um, We met with the broader leadership team several times throughout the planning phase as well in order to discuss our plan. So having that connection with leadership was success to us developing an evaluation plan that felt complete and, and, um, and felt authentic to Kids Central, as opposed to us just kind of putting together a basic evaluation plan, for example. So, you know, Michelle, David, and their team have been working with the Kinship Program for years. So you under, so they understand how this program functions, how it should function. They understand those ultimate outcomes of the program, which really helps us build out the best approach for that evaluation plan. So we were able to identify key stakeholders that we should target for a process evaluation. We also understand what's expected of the average kinship care family. So Michelle had talked about their success rate. I think she said what a 98% of their families maintain their placement stability. And that's important for us as the evaluation team to understand. So when we're building out our questions and we're building out our outcomes, we understand what is typical of the families. And we're also able to understand what are those outliers. Working with leadership who have a vast understanding of their program, we're able to really identify the best approach for this evaluation and tailor it specifically to Kid Central. I think the staff, especially after talking with Kid Central staff, we were able to determine that they feel very strongly that this is a great program, which is what you want, I think, in your staff. By having that buy-in from the leadership, I think we are able to to demonstrate that, that yeah, we understand that this is an important program. We're not asking these questions to diminish the program in any way, but rather to get a a better systematic understanding of how this program is functioning. We were able to then connect with staff and with the kinship caregivers, which helped us understand the programming from that perspective. And then we were able to build out a strong evaluation plan. So we drafted this evaluation plan that we felt was fairly comprehensive, and we sent it back to leadership to review. And we were able to have discussions with leadership about what we thought was, from a research perspective, would be the best option. And they were able to give us feedback. One of the things, for example, that we talked about was the idea of whether or not to do a random assignment. And 
the leadership, Kid Central leadership, had some concerns about random assignment, given that they feel their program is effective and is working, and random assignment might potentially leave participants or leave kinship caregivers out of receiving services, which is, we wanted to hear that from the from their perspective. But from our perspective, the research team was able to come back and say, we understand that, but from a research perspective, having random assignment will take you to the next level in terms of understanding the effectiveness of the program. So having a strong connection, I think, between both entities, the research team and the leadership team, you can really have those conversations and really get at the best approach to the evaluation so that everybody is feeling confident in moving forward. Great. Thank you so much. And I also want to ask a question about you know, the ultimate goal of the evaluation. I know those that might be listening are saying, I mean, I get that it's important to evaluate um, so we can make sure people understand that there's effectiveness in what we do. But could you take a few minutes to just really talk about the ultimate goal of the evaluation that you designed for Kid Central? I think I'll talk about it from the research team perspective. And then maybe, Michelle, you can talk about it from the Kid Central perspective. So from for the research team, the ultimate goal is really to assess the effectiveness of the Kinship Navigator program at Kids Central. There are some federal clearinghouses that kind of assess, you know, evidence-based practices that can help programs get refunded dollars. And so in order to do that, you really need to establish that the program is effective. So from a research perspective, we want to put forth the best programming and best services for our children and families who are at need and having effective and strong programs is the best way to ensure that these families are getting what they need. One of the things that Michelle talked about is the importance of kinship caregivers. You know, they provide a unique service to the child welfare system, but it often comes at a price for these kin- for these kinship caregivers. And these kinship navigator programs are supposed to help alleviate some of that, some of that pressure and some of that stress of becoming a caregiver. We want to make sure that those programs and those services are effectively meeting the needs of this population in order to continue the success of these families and to continue to support the success of the system. So effectiveness is really the key for the research team. But I know from a program perspective, maybe the ultimate goal might be slightly different. The ultimate goal from Kid Central, Kid Central is obviously for us to be able to go through the clearinghouse and, and come out the other side of the clearinghouse with a promising result. Um, we want to be able to replicate services. We want other areas of the state of Florida, other areas of the country to be able to provide the services that we provide. And it's only because we have a passion for it. We have a passion and we believe that what we are doing is right. We have a passion in believing that we are helping relative caregivers. There's so many of them that we come in contact with that say they were lost without us um, and how we've been able to help them. That's huge because there's so many we know we're not touching. So we advertise, we try to get the word out as much as possible, but we know there's relative caregivers that are not part of our program. And there's some that don't need to be part of it. There's some of them that have a strong enough support base, a strong enough family base that they're able to navigate and are able to manage on their own, but there's others that are not. So being able to do that and being able to get through the clearinghouse so that we can continue our program, that's really the big thing for us. And then the other part is what can we learn from it? What can we do? How else can we improve? You know, through this process, we, you know, looked at our 
our closing plan for the family. You know, we were realizing that it probably wasn't as strong as what it could have been. So how do we make this stronger? How do we help make sure that they know what to do once the case has been closed out? So ultimately for us, it is going through the, the clearinghouse um, so that we can become evidence-based and being able to replicate these services in other areas of the state of Florida and other areas of the country. That's ultimately our goal. And it's not to say that we have all the answers and it's not to say that we're the best, um, but it's to say that what we do, we know we make a difference and we know we make a difference because we hear it every day with the caregivers that we work with. And we see it when we run our numbers and look at the recidivism rate and we're keeping children with families at a 98% success rate. So that's really what we're looking for. Thank you so much, Michelle. I appreciate that insight into the ultimate goal on the program side um, for Kid Central and the Kinship Navigator program. As we wrap up the podcast, I wanted to give you both the opportunity to kind of do, you know, your last words or any different type of advice you'd have for, again, folks that are preparing to do what you all just finished up doing. So we can start with you, Dr. Yellick. Research teams are very important to evaluations of programs because research teams have that research science knowledge. They bring an outside perspective to the program. For example, the Institute's research team, we don't have a stake, if you will, in the success of Kids Central's Kinship Navigator program, right? We we aren't interested or vested in making sure that this program is successful no matter what. We can be a bit more impartial as we build out the best evaluation plan and as we look at the data that we get back from an evaluation. You know, I talked about this before, we stressed to leadership the importance of utilizing random assignment because it's the best science in terms of determining effectiveness of a program. But the collaboration goes both ways because while research teams have that research science knowledge and they bring in outside perspective for impartiality, you know, the, the, agencies and working with the leadership of agencies is just as critical because they have that historical knowledge. They have the buy-in with the program and the key stakeholders to the program, and they can help the research team uh, be authentic in, in developing an evaluation plan. You know, research teams don't have that historical knowledge. One of the things we might ha- not have known, for example, is that the program is supposed to last about four months and that kinship caregivers go through about eight weeks of the support group. Without having tie-in with the leadership, we wouldn't really get to the nuances of that program because there's only so much that we could find on our own. Without collaboration from both research teams and agencies, I don't see how evaluations can really be as effective as possible. Thank you. And anything else from you, Michelle? I think I just wanted to, you know, wrap up and just say, I know that there's several navigator programs across the country. Um, you know, we've had some that have reached out to us recently and we know there's some in the state of Florida. And again, not saying that we're better than any of, of the rest of them. You know, we're all doing great work across the, across the country and trying to help caregivers, but we are more than just a, a referral concept of someone calling up going, hey, I need help with this and referring them out. You know, we do have the comprehensive assessment that we do of sitting down with them and trying to touch 
on everything of what's going on. You know, a caregiver could call up and say, hey, I need help with Access Florida benefits, but us sitting down with them and doing an assessment, we find out that actually the child maybe is autistic and needs help with finding an autism support group or the caregiver needs help because they just got laid off from a job. Well, let's help them try and find a new job so that we can help, you know, this family. So sometimes people don't, not sometimes, always, people don't know what they don't know. So when you think that you, you're calling someplace because you're just looking for one thing, we're actually trying to make sure that we're capturing everything. How do we find out exactly everything that's going on in the household? Because a lot of caregivers don't know the services that are available. So trying to make sure that they help and help them and understand that. It's always fun to find out what other people think of our program because, you know, again, you keep doing things day in and day out and you think that you've got it mastered, but then having somebody else from the outside go, well, did you ever think about this or what about that? And you're like, wow, that's really great. And so it's always fun to have those partnerships and those collaborations. So we're looking forward to it. Thank you so much. It sounds like an amazing opportunity for kinship caregivers to be a part of. So again, thank you. I want to give huge appreciation to our guests today. We're so grateful for your commitment to improving our child welfare system. If you want to learn more about this topic or contact these speakers, please reach out and visit us at www.ficw.fsu.edu. Stay safe and stay well.